would just start this morning by saying, well done. Well done for you for making it through the first week of January. You have survived one of the hardest weeks of the year. You've survived the first week of January. For some of you, you may be thrilled to get back to um, a bit of normality, to put the Christmas decorations away and be back to um, normal life. Others of you, maybe a bit like me, might be a bit uh, sad to see Christmas go and to see everything packed down. Um, but whatever your week has been, well done, you've made it through. Just another 51 more to go. Um, I thought I'd give you maybe a little bit of an insight. I've had a particularly bittersweet week this week. Uh, this week, our little boy, Eli, has turned two years old, a big two, um, which is wonderful and amazing, and we love celebrating him. But then there's that little part of me inside that's like, oh, but he's not a baby anymore. And he's, he's not uh, that little baby, and that makes me feel a bit sad. So I've been kind of balancing those emotions this week. Um, and... Yeah, a bit of an insight into my time with Eli. I, um, well, I look after him 24-7 because I am his mum. I, I have his responsibility. But two days a week, it's just me and him. Two days a week, we go out and we do different things. We do different activities. We go different places. Uh, he's a busy boy, so it's full on with when we have my days with Eli. And on those days, one of the most precious times that I have, and I'm sorry to say, is the magical hour to an hour and a half when he naps <laughs> during the day. I love spending time with him, but that, that nap time is precious in so many ways. And I'm sure those of you with small kids, maybe you're in that bottom suite right now and you know exactly what it's like to need that nap time in the middle of the day. I don't know what I'll do when he grows out of it. But I could do so many things in that time. I could be so productive. I could do some cleaning, do some washing, whatever. I don't do that. I choose to sit on the sofa with a cup of tea. And I choose to claim back control of the remote control for that short period of time. And I know in a world where there's you know, Netflix and Apple TV and all these different streaming services... I have to admit, my guilty pleasure, I'm very boring, I usually turn on BBC One, which is usually at that time of day, Bargain Hunt. <laughs> Al already knew, he knew, he knew. This used to be my guilty pleasure on a sick day, you know, when you were home from work or home from school, you'd watch Bargain Hunt, um, but now it's my nap time guilty pleasure. And I get drawn in to this program because I just find it baffling how, as humans, we can take an inanimate object and place a value or a worth on it, and how what someone says about it makes it more valuable and makes it more worthy. Like you've got two pots, one of them's worth a thousand pounds and one of them's worth like nothing, but they both do this. Like I'd, it's just baffling and captivating to me. Um, and that's a bit of a segue, but into what I want to talk about this morning is where we put our value and where we put our worth and how we assess the worth of things in our lives. The scripture that I'm going to keep coming back to today is Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. And we're just going to read it together. I'm going to come back to it a couple of times. This is Jesus speaking. It's part of his Sermon on the Mount. So he's preaching to a large group of people here. And he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
that's what we're going to be thinking about today. In this passage, Jesus makes kind of two key points. He's telling us, store your treasures in the things of heaven, not in the things of earth. And also he's saying, because where you put your treasure, that's where your heart is going to be also. Um, so the big question that I want to ask you this morning, the kind of the thing that I want you to take away or go home with, is this question of where are you putting your treasure? Where is your treasure? And I'm not talking about, you know, where you've got stashed your pile of gold. We're not talking about necessarily, you know, where you're stashing your cash or the pot of gold that you've got buried. We're not talking about pirates and things like that when we're talking about uh, treasure here. When I ask you where you're storing your treasure, where you're putting your treasure, I'm asking you, where are you putting your gifting, your resource, your time, your energy, um, your retention, your focus? Where are you putting the best of you, the excess of you, the overflow of you? What are you investing those things into? And I'm going to push you to think about that more for yourself in a bit. Um, but I wanted to take the opportunity to share the things that we, as a church, are putting our value and investing in um, as, as corporately as Breathe New Life Church. And I wanted to share with you our core values. So these are three things that we hold in high value here at this church. They're three things that we see in and through us, three things that we embody when we're together. Not necessarily that we're all robots and are all the same and all have these exact same three values all the time. But when we're together as a group of people, this is who we are. These are the things that we express. Those three things are passion, freedom and kindness. Passion, freedom, and kindness. We feel that that's, that's who we are as a group of people. Um, it's important to note that these, these values that we see, these values that we hold, they're not um, what some people might call as aspirational values. They're not things that we're hoping to one day achieve. One day we will be passionate. One day we will be kind. They're things that we see on a day-to-day -day basis here, in our interactions with each other and with the wider community. And the, this combination, passion, freedom, and kindness, it's what makes us unique. It was, it's what makes this group of people unique. Other churches, other organizations will have their own values, but these are the things that we express, that we embody. And the chances are that if you um, engage with us regularly, if you come along regularly or watch online or you serve with us or come to the different activities and things that we do, the chances are that passion, freedom and kindness resonate with you as well. That they are values that are important to you. That's what has attracted you to this particular place. So we're just going to take a little bit of time to run through them. So the first value that we have is passion. So value, passion. The word passion means to be strongly motivated for something or for someone, to have that strong motivation. And I love how uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11 puts it. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but, keeping, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This scripture really speaks of passion to me. I love these words, zeal and fervor. I don't think we use them enough in our language. I might try and use the word fervor a little bit more this week. Um, but it speaks about being strongly motivated, having this desire to go after something and pursue something. The, words, the word passion also means 
um, to be willing to, to pay a cost for something or to be willing to sacrifice for something. You may be familiar with the term, you know, the passion of Christ, um, or at least the movie, The Passion of the Christ, which talks about the last days of Jesus' life and talks about the cost that he was willing to pay, the sacrifice that he was willing to make um, by dying on that cross for you and for me. So passion means to be, to be willing to sacrifice and be willing to pay a price. And here at this church, at Breathe New Life, as this group of people, we are a passionate people. We are people who are strongly motivated to pursue God. We are people who at times will, will pay a cost to do that. And we're happy to do that because we know that we are serving God and the goodness and the fullness that he brings us. And just on a little bit of a, a side note, um, out of all the three values, the passion, freedom, kindness, passion's kind of the one that maybe I've not connected with as much as the other two, or the ones that I've, that's maybe been a, a little bit of a, a trickier one for me. Because I've had this view and this vision that people who are passionate are loud, exuberant, vibrant, um, and you know that is what passion is. That is an expression of passion. So maybe because I'm a little bit more introverted or I'm a little bit more reserved in my, my nature normally, I've struggled in some ways to think about that. But I've learned over the past few years that I am a passionate person. You can be quiet and passionate. You can be reserved and passionate. If you are willing to pay a price for something or you are strongly motivated to pursue something, you are passionate. So don't rule yourself out of things like I might have done previously with this value. You are passionate if you love. You are passionate. So that's passion. Uh, the second value that we have is freedom. And freedom, you know, we've, we've sung a lot about it this morning. It's been, been great, the, the songs that we've had today. Um, but in today's society, in today's culture, it can be quite hard sometimes to, um, to value freedom or to even, to, you know, to get to grips with it. The definition of freedom means to not be enslaved. And for, for most of us, I would say slavery isn't a, something that is so visible and active and, you know, um, present in our lives. Yes, you know, modern slavery exists, but, but it's hidden, isn't it? We don't always see it on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so this idea of being enslaved or being in captivity, when we live in a free country and we've got free speech and we can go where we want, can seem a bit distant and far off. But when we push a little bit further, and we look beyond just the physical, when we think about how we can be enslaved mentally, emotionally, maybe even spiritually to certain things, we know and we can understand and appreciate how important freedom is. Because there is so much, so many things that can enslave us. You know, we can be slaves to fear, we can be slaves to greed, slaves to jealousy, um, slaves to things like addictions. There's so much that can hold us back and stop us from living a free and full life. So that is why freedom is so important. And, you know, individually, we might look for freedom in, in different things. We might look for freedom in self-help. Or, you know, Joy mentioned some things before, social media self-help and different relationships and things. But really, we acknowledge that true freedom is only found in God. True freedom is only found through Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 36 
says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is the only one who can set you free. And that is something that we value really highly. That is something that we uh, pursue. That is something we go after. That's why we preach it on a Sunday morning. That's why we sing about it. That's why we give time for ministry, opportunity for you to receive that freedom and grow in that freedom. That's why we meet in small groups so that you can encourage encourage each other to pursue that freedom. Um, Freedom is so important to us. We seek it and we celebrate it. And the last value that we have is kindness. The, the definition that we've kind of used previously of kindness means to go out of your way for someone or for something. To maybe just take that split second to stop in your tracks and to uh, think about somebody else above yourself, to do something nice for someone else. I think of kindness as kind of love in action. It's the outworking of love. It's the practical, where the rubber hits the road and you actually do something or think something or say something. That is kindness in action. And I think that's why um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it tells us to clothe ourselves in kindness and other things as well, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. But we're told to clothe ourselves in kindness because it is seen outwardly. It's an outward thing. It's what we put on display. It's what other people notice about us. And sometimes I think that kindness gets a little bit of a a bad rap. Um, It maybe feels a little bit, you know, the word kind feels a little bit wishy-washy, a little bit uh, blur, you know, a little bit, I put it in the category of nice and good kind it feels quite soft but actually if you've ever experienced kindness from someone you will know how powerful it is even just a small act of kindness can turn your day around can turn your season around um, can make a huge and lasting impact in your life kindness is so powerful and it is demonstrated through and through and through this church I have experienced time and time again the kindness of the people within this church. Um, And we've demonstrated it practically in so many different ways as well. Even just thinking back to Christmas a couple of weeks ago. Christmas. um, We... We put out that rally call for the food bank, you know, and you guys provided for that. We asked for selection boxes, and that table was full of selection boxes. We did hamper packing for the families in our communities, and we just really practically demonstrated the kindness um, of this church. We demonstrated the love of God to those people. So kindness is something that is it's just in us. It's who we are. So those are our three core values, passion, freedom, and kindness. And when I hold it up to um, the measure or the lens of of Matthew chapter 6, sorry, I don't know if we can just go back to that scripture, if possible, where it talks about uh, storing your treasure in heaven versus storing your treasure in earth. When I think about passion, freedom, kindness... I think, yeah, if we store our treasure in those things, if we invest in those things, they are things that will hold value in heaven. We're along the right lines there. Those are things that aren't going to decay and moths aren't going to get to them and rats aren't going to eat them. They're things that are bigger than just things of this earth. They're things that will hold value in heaven. 
So yeah, I think we're along the right lines with those. So they are our corporate values, our, our church values, our values as a community and as a group of people. But I want to push a little bit more than that this morning, and I want to challenge you to ask you, you know, what your values might be, to think about where it is that you are storing your treasure today. So where is it that you are placing your time, your energy, your resource, your finances, your attention? Where are you storing those things? And I think a good question to ask in order to answer that previous question <laughs> is why is it important where I place my treasure? Why does it even matter where I place my treasure? And I've got two things to say on that. The first thing, it matters where you place your treasure because you are treasured by God. You are treasured by God. Do you know how much you are treasured by God? Do you know? I mean, it's cheesy, but to come back to my guilty pleasure of bargain hunt, they will often say in that program, when the teams kind of have their item and show the expert, they'll say what they think it's worth. But often, they'll tag on, oh, but it's only worth what someone's going to pay for it. It's all about who's in the room at the auction. You know, it's only worth what someone is willing to pay for it at that time. But do you know what someone was willing to pay for you? You know, God was willing to pay the price of the life of his son for you. Jesus was willing to lay down his life for you. That is how important and valuable and treasured you are to God. The Bible says that God is jealous for you, which is mad, right? That God is jealous for you. He desperately wants that relationship with you. He values you so highly. You have been bought at a high price. And in our world where, um, you know, social media and advertising companies trying to sell us things and make us feel like we're not quite good enough, it can be so easy for us to doubt our self-worth. But remind yourself of the price that was paid for you. It's so important to do that on a regular basis. And if you really believe that, if you believe, you know, you um, accept that Jesus did die for you and that was the price that was paid, the outworking of that or the response to that, at least for me, can only be, I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful, and in some way, I now want my life to honor God in return. I want to show my gratitude and um, just how thankful I am by honoring God with my choices, honoring God with my decisions, honoring God with where I put my treasure. I mean, our treasure, our resource, everything that we have is from God anyway. But if we understand and we appreciate that Jesus died for us, then we should want to serve him with the things that we have. So where, our place, where we place our treasure matters because we're treasured by God. But it also matters because where you place your treasure guides your heart. Coming back to the Matthew 6 scripture, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which sounds, um, you know, it sounds like a given. Yeah, where, where my heart is, the things that I love, that's where I place all my treasure. But it doesn't say where my heart is, there my treasure will be also. It says where my treasure is, 
there my heart will be also. And that maybe suggests to me that we can almost have a bit of a sway and a bit of an influence on what, where we direct our heart based on where we choose to put our treasure. So for example, if I want my heart to be for the things of God, for the things of heaven, if I want um, to grow in that desire for the things of God, then what I can do is I can put my treasure there. I can put my resource, I can put my attention, I can put my focus, I can give my skills and my gifting and my resource and maybe my finances into the things of God. Because when I do that, my heart then follows and I grow in that desire for the things of God. And if we think about maybe the, the flip side of that, thinking about the things of this earth, if we are only ever putting our treasure, our time, our resource, our attention, everything into things of this world, then our heart is going to want to be in those things more and more and more. So it's important for us just to take that moment to think, um, is what I'm putting my treasure in holding value in heaven as well as just holding value on earth? And it's not to say that we shouldn't necessarily pursue the things of earth. You know, and I think about things that, that maybe won't last, things that decay, things that um, can be destroyed. I think about things like, you know, things that won't last, things like our, our physical appearance or our material possessions or our social status. You know, these things aren't necessarily bad to pursue and to, to look after and to go after, but if that is the only place where we're putting our treasure, then we are not adding anything eternally. We're not adding anything to heaven. So where you place your treasure matters because our heart, your heart will then follow. And, you know, when we talk about giving God our, our treasure, I think that what, the reason why, or one of the reasons that I, can, um, that I can pull from this scripture of Jesus telling us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. You know, God's telling us, invest your treasure in the things of heaven. Not because God wants your treasure. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need um, your resource. He doesn't need your gifting. But he wants your heart. He wants your heart to come through after that. So give God your treasure. Give heaven your treasure because your heart will follow. So, hopefully by this point... We've only got seven minutes left. Hopefully by this point, you're on board with the idea that investing your treasure in heaven is a good thing to do. But how? <laughs> right? It sounds like a lovely thing. I'm going to invest my treasure in heaven. But practically, you know, Monday morning, it's raining. You're on your drive to work. You've got all these different things coming through. What does it actually mean? What does it look like to invest your treasure in heaven? How do I do that? What does it look like to invest your treasure in heaven? Um, what actually holds value in heaven? What is it worth us pursuing that holds value in heaven? And I thought about this for a long time, and the conclusion that I came, I came to was rather than thinking what holds value in heaven, maybe we should be thinking about who holds value in heaven. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 to 21, says, that is the same power as the mighty strength he, who's God, exerted when he raised Christ from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. Who holds value in heaven? Well, God seated Jesus at his right hand in heaven, far above all other things. Jesus is important in heaven. <laughs> Jesus holds value in heaven. So if we're struggling to grasp with, you know, where can I place my treasure that holds value in heaven? Place your treasure in the things of Jesus, in the, the things that he talks about, in the values that he models, in the, the words that he shares. In his life, if you place your value and your treasure in those things, that, that will not be decayed, that will not be lost, but that will hold eternal value. So, I've been thinking then, so what are the, the values of Jesus? What are the things that he modeled? What are the things that he demonstrated that we can place our value and our treasure in? And I've put together a little, little bit of a list. Again, not an exhaustive list, but maybe a few things that I think, learning from the life of Jesus, hold value in heaven. I'm going to read them to you. And maybe just think, are there any that particularly resonate with you or speak to you? So things that hold value in heaven. Love. Patience. Forgiveness. Faithfulness kindness, grace, compassion, humility, community, honor, generosity, health, freedom, purity, truth, hope, there's quite a few, steadfastness, gentleness, self-control, devotion, passion, joy, peace. The list goes on and on. But if we invest our treasure in these things, if we give our time and our energy and our resource into these things, we can be assured that they are the things of heaven because they are the things that Jesus modeled, the things that he showed me and that he showed you. So, I think this is the last opportunity really when we can make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> the first week of January, it's not too late. If you haven't thought about it, we're gonna do that now. I thought maybe it would be a good idea for you to think about a value maybe that I've just mentioned or similarly something that um, holds value in heaven for you to think and focus and invest in this year. I don't know about you, I've never been one for New Year's resolutions. I'm not as strong-willed as those amazing people who can write New Year's resolutions and stick to them. I've never been a kind of tick box, let's achieve this goal type of person. I wish I, wish I was, and I'm actually a little bit jealous of the people who are. I feel like maybe I am a bit more, more wishy-washy, a bit more big picture than that. I, I like to get behind words and values, and that's what I'd like to suggest or maybe share with you today. Pick a value, maybe one that I've just mentioned, um, or come up with one of your own. Something that you feel confident holds value in heaven. Think about what you've, coming up, you've got coming up this season, the next few weeks, the next few months, throughout this next year, 2023. What would you like to grow in? What would you like to pursue? What would you like to invest your treasure in this year? 
And maybe, you know, if you have already come up with New Year's resolutions, that's great, that's wonderful, go for it. Maybe push yourself a little bit further to think about the value behind the resolution. So maybe rather than just thinking, I want to save X amount of money this year, maybe think, okay, I'm going to pursue the value of stewardship. Or rather than just, I want to spend 30 minutes quiet time in the morning with God, maybe push yourself to think, I want to pursue the value of intimacy with God. Because when you know the why behind what you're doing, when you appreciate the value behind what you're doing, not only do you achieve those practical things, but it also overspills into other areas of your life as well. You get to experience stewardship in other areas of your life too. It's not limited to that one specific goal. So maybe have a think about that. And just to, to finish, I just want to make the, the point that, you know, by choosing a word or by choosing a focus or choosing a value, it's a really powerful thing to do. And I know that whether you're a Christian or not, whatever your beliefs are, anybody can pick a word to think on and focus on throughout the year. The difference that we have here is that we are choosing a value of Jesus. We're choosing a value of heaven and we are doing it in and through Jesus. The difference here is Jesus. We on our own are generally quite weak people, or at least I am. Um, I struggle to, to do things on my own and in my own strength. But when we bring Jesus into the equation, when we rely on his power and his might that we're going to sing about now, that's when we see real transformation. That's when we see real growth. We just have to be willing to surrender to him. We just have to be willing to give him our desire to grow. And he brings that change. He brings that transformation because he is, as we've just said, above all things. He is the authority over all things. We sang about it before and we're going to sing it about it now. The power that is held in the name of Jesus. So it's more than just a fluffy idea of thinking about a word. It's choosing to pursue a value of Jesus um, in and through his strength. So we're going to sing about that now. Why don't you stand and I'm going to pray. Yeah, let's pray together and then we're going to worship Jesus. God, I, I thank you that you value each and every one of us. Every single person in this room, every single person watching online, whether that's now or in the future, you value us all so highly. You paid a high price for us. Jesus, we are so grateful that you died on that cross for us. I just want to take a moment just to, just to be grateful, just to let that sit like we did before. Jesus, we are so grateful so grateful and as a result of that as an outworking of that Jesus we want to honour you with our lives we want to honour you with our decisions with our choices with our where we place our treasure and where we place our resource Jesus I thank you that, that your power is made perfect in our weakness that your power is at work in our lives, trying to bring, to bring change and to bring transformation to us. And I pray that as we um, allow you to work in us, that we would see growth. 
whether that's in a specific area, a specific value that we choose, or just in our faith and in our relationship with you, God, I pray that we would see growth. Thank you, Jesus, for your mighty name. Thank you that there is nothing that can come against you that holds any ground against you, God. I thank you that you are powerful, you are mighty, you are above all things, and we put our trust, our hope, and our faith in you this year. Amen.